Hello and welcome. It's the pleasure of Power to Change to present Family Life Today each week, Monday through Friday at this time. We'd love you to contact this station and tell them how much you appreciate hearing Family Life Today. Well, let's get started on today's edition. So I developed sort of a bad habit during the pandemic. You wore sweatpants every day? Yeah, well, that was, that was That's part of it. That's what I did. Every meeting was on Zoom. No, it was, I literally started waking up, grabbing my phone, and instead of opening to the Word of God, which had been a practice of mine for decades, I found myself going to the news. I did the same thing. Like, first thing. Yeah, because... Like, New York Times, like, yeah. what's the latest numbers? What's happening around the world? What's the pandemic doing in Michigan? I would be anxious. I'd be scared. I'd be like, oh, my goodness. You know, it's worse than it... I, yeah, how can it get worse? It kept getting worse and worse. And I just, it hit me two, three weeks in, like, what are you doing? Mm. You are filling your mind with negativity, and you're starting a day nervous and scared. And I thought, I need to start with the Word of God. And I'm not saying never look at the news, not know what's going on in the world, but I literally had to, like, discipline myself. Don't reach for that phone. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you can find out later. We had to turn off notifications. Oh. Because they'd pop up and you're like, what? And then you get sucked into the world of fear, is what I would say. Yeah. And I think fear and anxiety is rampant. Mm -hmm. It's always been a struggle, but right now, even sort of post-pandemic, it's still with us, and we need to talk about it. So we got Jeremiah Johnston back in the studio with us. So Welcome back. great to be here. Thank you. Love you guys. It's awesome to be here. I mean, we spent a day already talking a little bit about, uh, I love the title of your book, Unleashing Peace, mm-hmm. Experiencing God's Shalom in Your Pursuit of Happiness. You mentioned yesterday mm-hmm. you went through a valley. Yes. I yeah. want to hear more about that valley, because I'm guessing there was a little bit of anxiety in that valley. Absolutely. And how did you find God's peace in the middle of that? Yeah, you know, anxiety comes when we have large transitions in our life, major transitions, a move, a transfer, a ministry change, a health babies. challenge, babies, triplets. Triplets. Yeah, and, you know, I have been just blowing and going, running and gunning my whole life, just loving the Lord and following Him and just hit a wall at the pandemic where I ended up having a major unplanned abdominal surgery where I'd have a piece of my colon cut out after 400 workouts. I mean, no one could explain to me why this was happening. I was angry. Um, in the midst of this, we have major events, and yeah. to have those just cancel one after the other. I and, mean, some of that got to be financial. Oh, yes. Because that's how you live. Absolutely. You speak absolutely. And, and praise God, we're a debt-free ministry, but we have to cash flow the ministry, and we have to actually do ministry, and it was so challenging in all those reasons. But it began to affect me mentally where I just was living in anxiety and not living in the peace of God. And I always joke with people now, you know, the worst thing you can do if you want the peace of God is to write a book on it. <laughs> it took me a minute to really allow this, these truths to permeate my life at the most practical levels. And and, and also, yeah. you're married and you have five kids. Who are watching me every day, listening to me every day, yes. emulating my moods. And, you know, they see all the nonverbal signals that we give. And it was challenging. And I realized I didn't have a care team. I realized that I needed to talk to professionals. I realized that I needed to help people manage. And also, you know, I'm sorry, they don't give you a manual. You can have two seminary degrees and a Ph.D., but they don't tell you how to handle when God's just opening all kinds of opportunities, how to regulate that and be a dad and be a husband and to do it with success. And I'm not going to leave my family behind in my ministry. I'm going to say no for anything that gets in the way of that. And so... 
you know, and then the pandemic on top of that, we all kind of forgot how to be social and it made us all socially awkward. We we all have high grade, low grade PTSD coming out of this pandemic where we have to learn how to be sociable again and mm-hmm. love people. I'm a hugger. I'm that type A guy. I mean, I just love being around people. I love being in community. And so all of this had shifted in my life. And I saw a Christian psychologist who was life changing to me. And he helped me really start thinking about how I was thinking and how I was processing things. And that's where so much of the truth of this book, I know it works because it works in my own life, the Word of God. But we need to have a care team. We need to establish peace for ourselves. Like you said, such a practical thing, not beginning the day in fear and panic. It turns out that panic is as dangerous as any other pathogen. And we live in a crisis of Mm. panic right now. There's been a 51% increase in inpatient hospitalizations this year among youth aged 12 through 18, and the majority of those are females. And so I'm not a Christian boogeyman or anything. I don't always have to have a boogeyman in the room, but we should pay attention to the metrics. And we know there's an anxiety crisis in our country. We know that this is also, I think, the most important question the church can answer. That's why I start the book this way. We have the answer for anxiety. It's shalom. It's Jesus. We need to help people get there and then live in it. And so having lived in it through my own life and then developing this peace plan. And y'all, I want to tell you what I did. You know, this is what comes out of writing a book, the 70,000 words on the peace of God, Hmm. one page, 20 steps of how I live in the peace of God for my life. And these are the non-negotiables. And I don't do these with perfection, but again, I've eliminated all or nothing thinking from my life. It's not all or nothing thinking. The Christian life isn't all or nothing. Oh, I messed up today, so I'm just not going to live for the Lord anymore. No, but so many of us have that all or nothing thinking, and that brings anxiety as well. My number one, are you ready for this, Dave? Practical My ways one, to implement shalom. I want to Stop hear obsessively checking the news. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, you yeah. just wrote that five that, minutes ago. Listen, that you was your number the, one. That was my number one. And because our minds are not geared to read a body count every single day. Mm. We have a lot of listeners that have kids that are teenagers, and they have that phone with them, and they're constantly checking that. Yes. So as parents, as your kids are getting older, how will you help navigate that? Well, first off, it's the greatest conflict in our personal home. I get it. I live in that tension with five kids and devices. We have to limit these things in our kids' lives. There is an entire industry out there, Ann, and you know this. They are betting on the fact that they can clickbait you to mm-hmm. death. And they can get you to get engaged in all kinds of fights with people you don't even know on social media. They don't know you. You don't know them. And you're just, it's the rage machine. And we're not going to live in the peace of God, Dave, if we're just constantly (laughs) living in I'm provoked city over everything. I mean, the Roman Empire was way worse than it was today. Paul could have been provoked by everything every time he opened his eyes. Mm. He stayed central to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why I love family life today. Central to the gospel and its power to change lives. That's mm. why it's such an honor to be on this yeah, program. And, and I've even found in reference to that, I can get uh, caught up in the comment section. Yes, Somebody absolutely. posts something, yes. and it might be sort of just mild, but then yep. the comments go crazy. Now, when you were like walking through that valley, was worry a big part of it? Absolutely. Not knowing. We had just taken a major step of faith in 2019 and it expanded as a ministry. And it's like the floor fell out. I've been involved in church life for as long as I can remember. And I just love it. And this whole thing of stay home, don't talk to your neighbors, don't, you know, it was killing me. (laughs) The sword of the spirit is the word of God and, and huge for us. 
when stress or anxiety fills my mind, I need to replace it with key verses. That's yeah. why I'm going to have shalom in my life. I love the language that's used in Scripture, too. Take every thought captive. Right. When Jesus said, I came to set the captive free, right. I'm thinking of taking those thoughts and I'm taking them and putting them in a cell. Right. And I will not let them out. And so learning how to do that for me has been huge. I'm not going to think that. And to use Scripture in replacing that. Huge transforms it, it, it literally will rewire the way you think and right. I, I i can attest to that i mean here's life. another one first peter five yes cast all your anxiety you got to do that over and over and all over. day maybe five thousand times yeah. today yeah. it and doesn't happen once the force of the language is even more than casting i like jb phillips you've got to like slam dunk mm. your worries on god mm. i mean you got to just crush them down on god that's what he wants you to do and yeah. trust mm. me he can take it that's good yale university's most popular class of all time is a class on happiness and the, the big outcome of that class is a gratitude journal well the scripture's been telling us to do that yeah. for two thousand years they can call it a gratitude journal today at Yale. The Bible calls it counting your blessings. And you're a lot healthier person when you focus on the blessings in your life. And we've all been around people and benefited from people. They just focus on the positive. Don't you love being around people yeah. like that? And we can't stand the negative Nelly who's always in the room <laughs> and reminding us of what we can't do, didn't do, didn't happen. <clears throat> you know, yeah, we don't want that. Last week, I ended up going on a walk, and a lot of times I'll listen to podcasts, I'll listen to scripture. So this time, I left my phone at home, went for a long walk. And as I was walking and praying, it was beautiful yes. out in yes. Florida. I thought, Lord, for this entire time, all I'm going to do is thank you and yes, praise you. Huge on that one. A true sabbatical is huge. A time of rest to do what feeds my soul, resting my mind, not thinking about the next sermon. The Sabbath rest yes. is something I think we just don't think is that important. It's no. a Ten Commandments. It is. It, it's, and it's part of shalom. Yeah. I mean, God says, rest, chill out, relax, do something so fun. So in your crazy, busy schedule, do you Sabbath? Absolutely. We have a lot of fun Sabbathing. Too. Well, Sabbath, like, like, Sabbath isn't boring. It's fun. <laughs> but even when <laughs> you, you know, Sabbath, you're not thinking about... Oh, yeah. You know, we can't Sabbath and check our phones 2,000 times that day and be present with our family. Right. And so we have to have those moments, and they're holy moments. We just say, no, I'm, I'm not available. Sorry. I'm going to be with my kids today. I'm going to go and have a blast <laughs> and make weird noises and get down here and just have fun and travel. And I'm a big travel narrator when we travel. I'm pointing things <laughs> out. I'm a travel guide in the car, so they kind of get bored with that. But big one for me, and again, as the Lord blesses you wherever you are in life, you're going to have opportunities and there was a time in my life I said yes to everything because I'm just trying to be faithful and see our ministry grow. And I have a husband that yeah. can say that too. Yeah. You know, and but you I had to what? learn. You say yes to everything. <laughs> oh, to yeah. I had to learn the power of saying no. I'm I'm just sorry I can't do that. And I I realized I had like 11 different inboxes, and so I had to start telling people, you know, I don't respond to this inbox. Kind of like text me or email me. You know, I just didn't have time. I was in a season of months of discouragement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to make decisions at some point at that time period. But I was in a funk. And that's where, like we talked about, having that care team was so helpful. Because sometimes you need people to come alongside and help you think right. Yeah. And just say, you know, Jeremiah, you're not processing this the right way. And this is where I'm just thank God for this teaching of shalom. Because it's all right there. We just need to do it. We need to have a shalom team, a care team. And so when I live in the peace of God, I then can be an agent of peace for others. Mm. 
And this will set you apart in your Christian life. There's this amazing story I tell in Unleashing Peace of a gentleman who was just given the highest award, civilian honor, the the nation of Australia gives, a man they call the Angel of the Gap. He lived in this beautiful Sydney Harbor in a very expensive area called the Gap. Um, But it's also uh, known for its sandstone cliffs. It's one of the number one suicide spots in the world. And he began to notice when people would linger just a little too long by themselves at the gap at the cliffside. And he would walk up and say, hey, do you want to come to my house for some tea? I'm done. He wasn't trained psychologically, but he could practice what the Bible talks about, the ministry of being present. And he said, don't ever underestimate the power of a smile in someone's life. And my biggest challenge is we're so busy We never know what someone else is dealing with, and we always assume negatively. That person could be going through their biggest challenge. Why don't you just smile at them and practice the ministry of presence and give them grace? Mm. And Don exemplifies that for us. That was one of my favorite parts of your book is that story Mm -hmm. because it makes you realize anybody can minister to another person just by being there. You don't even have to have the right words. No, but you don't even have to say anything. Hey, I'm in. Yeah. You know, how are you doing today? Mm-hmm. That's something that you're right, Jeremiah, is we get so caught up in our own worlds and the demands of life, it's really easy to not notice those around us. And, exactly. and I think uh, another aspect of that story is all around us, people, they're struggling. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, it could even be our own kids. It could be our spouse. Absolutely. And God's saying, I can bring my peace to them through you. Will you just be present? That's yes. a beautiful the ministry motivation of to say, if God gives me peace, it's probably not just for me. Mm-hmm. He wants me to extend it to others. Absolutely. He wants you to be an agent of shalom. Yeah. And I'll just end with this. We all need to be saved from ourselves, too. I used to live in the UK where I did my doctoral residency in Oxford. And there's this beautiful picture of a young man who has all of these individuals holding him. He's standing outside of the walkway of a bridge over the busiest intersection in North London, Golders Green. And he was getting ready to jump, and all these strangers who are walking by him collapse on the man and save him from himself. You don't think God's providential? Someone had a rope going home from work that day. Mm. Another person is grabbing his belt buckle. Another person has him by his calf muscles. And for me, when I saw that picture, I now show it anywhere I speak. I open the book, Unleashing Peace, with that story. Because it is an illustrated sermon for me. We have to be saved from ourselves. This is the heart of Jesus towards every person struggling right now. And God can use anyone, like you said, Anne, to be a change agent in someone's life, a peace agent, a shalom agent. And so that's my prayer. I want to be present enough in my life to see when those people or myself need when I need to be saved for myself and I allow people to collapse around me and help Mm. me. That's the Christian life. When Jeremiah was talking about peace a lack of anxiety and worry. If there's anything our world needs right now, that's it, isn't it? We all long for it, but we don't know how to attain it. Yeah, and you know, one of the things we briefly touched on with Jeremiah, and it's in his book, Unleashing Peace, is my go-to passage, Philippians 4. It's says, all of our go-to passage. Yeah, like, I mean, all of us love this I one. love how Paul says, he says, do not be anxious about anything. It's a command. It isn't a suggestion. He's actually saying, this is possible. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to be anxious about the big things, little things, about anything. Here's the thing about Paul, too, is you read that, and some people you'd think, well, you can say that. Look how easy your life is. But Paul, 
for a good part of his life, he spent it in prison. Hey, he's writing this from in a prison, prison cell. Yeah. And I think, you know, as Jeremiah said, it comes down to an action, which is in this passage, that I had never really seen, because he doesn't just say, don't be anxious about anything. That's what we don't do, but he says, do this. So he gives you an answer, but in every situation, so again, big ones, little ones, the one you're in right now, the one that's coming tomorrow, here's what you do. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In other words, like, let it go. We talked about First Peter, cast it to God, and then he says something will happen. Hmm. What's he say? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Will guard your, your heart hearts and minds in Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. So if you want peace, there's a, a way. And I would say it's not a way. It's a person. Well, it's interesting peace because is Jesus. of all the people that I know, I would say you live this out. We just had one of our sons visit us in Florida. Um, he's building a ministry. And he said, man, I needed this trip because I needed. Makes me teary thinking about it. I need to get some lessons from my dad because he lives his life in peace. And he's, you know, there's so much going on in the world and his ministry and a lot of hard things. And yet he looks at you and you've gone through some really difficult things, but you live your life in peace. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding because it doesn't make sense. So I feel like as you're preaching that, you live this. And do you think... I like to share with us, because I've seen you live it out beautifully, not perfectly. How do you do it? Well, I think it's the next verse, which is what Jeremiah Johnston, when he was talking and when I read his book, connected that there's an action verb that connects us to peace. And he calls it, it's our thinking. Mm. And it's what Paul went on to say in verse 8. And often we stop with verse 7. You know, peace surpasses all understanding or guard our hearts and minds in Christ. We're like, oh, that's awesome. And we forget. No, no, the next thing he said is not a separate thought. It's in context. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, mm. whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, here's the verb, think about such things. Peace comes through what we dwell on. What do we think about? And Paul is saying, think about good things, pure things, right things. That's so wise. Well, I would just say it's a war. It's a battle, mm. the battle of the mind, because your mind will go to the negative It'll go to the news that's often negative, and you'll get scared, anxious, worried. I've done it millions of times. Me too. I'm sitting there thinking, you think I have peace all the time? It's like a, it's a war. It is literally a mental battle in my mind and everyone's mind to say, I'm going to take this negative thought captive. I literally think of grabbing it and putting it in a prison cell and saying, you're not going to live in my brain. I'm going to think about what's noble and right and praiseworthy. I'm going to think about Jesus because peace isn't a feeling. It's a person. Yeah. Peace is Jesus. He's the prince of peace. And when you set your heart and mind and it's guarded by him, the result is peace. And again, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's just peace that lasts forever. No, it's like gone in five minutes sometimes. 
And again, you have to cast again that thought that negative. I like that idea of casting. You just can, throw I, it. Yeah, you can see it on a fishing pole, casting it. And I love that how uh, Jeremiah brought the sense that the verb is, and it's like with force. You don't just sort of flippantly, okay, God. No, it's like, I need you so bad. I'm bringing this to you right here, right now. Will you guard my heart and mind in you? And he's like, yes, I got it. You may have to cast it. 5,000 times today. Every time that your mind starts to go to anxiety, don't worry about anything. With prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Why do I have that memorized? Because I've done it a million times, and that's where peace is. It's in a person, Jesus. And the closer we walk with him, the greater the depth of the peace we feel. thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you need some practical help in your relationship and aren't quite sure where to turn? We offer relationship checkups where you will meet with one of our trained relationship coaches who will help equip you with some new tools while you take a more holistic look at your relationship. For more information, email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website families.powertochange.org.au under the Need Help tab and get started today. Have a great weekend and please join us on Monday at the same time for another edition of Family Life Today.